Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very, very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come To Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy, my dear friends. I say it, I mean it with all my heart. Indeed, a great joy to be here with you uh, today as uh, the Lord blesses us every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday to share this time together as we proclaim the joy of the gospel in, in these very difficult and unusual and uh, strange times to know that we have the light of Jesus Christ leading us and guiding us through it all because he walks with us every step, every step of the way. We have nothing to fear, and we just pray. And as I said yesterday, you know, we have the wonderful way to fight all this. The greatest weapon we have is our weapon of prayer, to pray it all out of here, you know, just get it out of here and pray that men and women's hearts are open to love and charity and peace and uh, just, uh, just you know, just uh, the world has just gone, uh, just gone mad. But anyway, we're not. We're just filled with the joy of the Lord. So I'm happy you are here on this solemnity of the birth of John the Baptist. This is June 24th, 2020. And uh, of course, if you are, uh, <coughs> excuse me, listening right now, my friends. I am pre-recording today, uh, so it's not a live broadcast. We don't have any uh, live video today. Recording a little earlier in the day, uh, but uh, coming to you on this beautiful solemnity that we celebrate the birth, the precursor of our Lord John the Baptist. <clears throat> and that's going to be the topic of our program today. Holy Father this morning gave his general audience uh, teaching, and he uh, is continuing his teaching on prayer but then I found a uh, lovely homily from 2001 by St. Pope John Paul II that he gave. I believe he was in the Ukraine uh, in, uh, uh, on this day, June 24th, 2001, in, uh, uh, in, in, in the Ukraine. And he gave a lovely homily um, as he celebrated Mass there for this solemnity. So sharing with you the words of the great St. John Paul II, we'll get to that as well. But, my friends, before we do that, we are going to come together from across our wide listening areas around the world. You know, we're so blessed to have these four radio stations in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, but with the means of technology that are available to us and that we use, we literally go around the world and... Uh, you know, I, I check our uh, mobile app downloads, and we started, we, we introduced the brand new Domestic Church Media mobile app last October, so, uh, you know, it's almost a year, my goodness. Uh, but during that time, we've seen downloads of the app on every continent except Antarctica. So there are people who can be listening just by using our free Domestic Church Media mobile app. And they do listen and even watch when we're doing live video. Uh, but uh, 
using our app from around the world. So how exciting is that? Uh, so there's a lot of prayer partners out there, and I do invite you, my brothers and sisters, to uh, bring to the Lord right now with all of us together as one family of God, one family in the Lord, bringing these prayer requests and prayer intentions to the throne of Almighty God as we pray with confidence uh, for favorable answers to these prayers, if it be God's holy will. And, of course, uh, we pray for each other, and we pray for our president and all of our elected officials, those who serve us in those positions, that they will be guided in those decisions by the light of, of the Holy Spirit, whether they realize it or not. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on out there right now. Uh, and we have seen such enormous division uh, in, the, in, in our world, but especially in our country. And uh, I know, as I speak to you, that so many, we're all of like mind and heart. You know, I, I, this hurts us. We don't like to see this division. We don't like to see the things that are happening out there and the violence and, and the, uh, the, the, the hatred toward each other. It's horrible. It's obviously not of God. The devil is the father of division, diabolical. So we pray. We pray. Uh, we pray that away. Uh, we're praying for our, for our young friend Maria, and uh, I can have not received an update in the past few days, but we'll just keep her in prayer and her family, praying for that miracle that that tumor on her brain stem will vanish by God's divine hand. We're praying. I don't know quite know what that was, <laughs> but <laughs> well, did you hear that? What was that? <laughs> I have no idea. Anyway, I said maybe, maybe, maybe the answer that could have been the answer from Almighty God. Just kind of, it sounded like the angels kind of strumming their harp. If you heard it, I heard it in my headset. I'm assuming you heard it as well. Anyway, let's do this now. Let's come together as brothers and sisters in the Lord. And we're praying this prayer that our Holy Father gave us for an end to the pandemic. And let's pray this thing away. You know, uh, there are so many people who are, have been affected by it. We're hearing all kinds of stories about it. Uh, is it, you know, the, the, the doctors in Italy have said, some doctors have said that it's, it's losing its potency. Um, we're hearing people talking about a second wave of it coming in the fall. Um, we, we hear about some surges in some of our southern and southwestern states like Texas and Arizona, Florida. And I had an interesting theory about that. And we'll talk about that after our prayer. Let's, let's do that. Pray as we come together now and begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We fly to your protection, O Holy Mother of God, in this present tragic situation when the whole world is prey to suffering and anxiety. We fly to you, Mother of God and our Mother, and seek refuge under your protection. Virgin Mary, turn your merciful eyes towards us amid this coronavirus pandemic. Comfort those who are distraught and mourn their loved ones who have died, and at times are buried in a way that grieves them deeply. Be close to those who are concerned for their loved ones and who are sick and who, in order to prevent the spread of the disease, cannot be close to them. Fill with hope those who are troubled by the uncertainty of the future and the consequences for the economy and employment. Mother of God and our Mother, 
Pray for us to God, the Father of mercies, that this great suffering may end and our hope and peace may dawn anew. Plead with your divine Son as you did at Cana so that the families of the sick and the victims be comforted and their hearts be opened to confidence and trust. Protect those doctors, nurses, healthcare workers, and volunteers who are on the front line of this emergency and are risking their lives to save others. Support their heroic efforts and grant them strength, generosity, and continued health. Be close to those who assist the sick night and day and who, uh, to, uh, and to persist who, I'm sorry, and to priests who in their pastoral concern and fidelity to the gospel are trying to help and support everyone. Blessed Virgin, illumine the minds of men and women engaged in scientific research that they may find effective solutions to overcome this virus. Support national leaders that with wisdom, solicitude, and generosity, they may come to the aid of those lacking the basic necessities of life and may devise social and economic solutions inspired by farsightedness and solidarity. Mary, most holy, stir our consciences so that the enormous funds invested in developing and stockpiling arms will instead be spent on promoting effective research on how to prevent similar tragedies from occurring in the future. Beloved Mother, help us to realize that we are all members of one great family and to recognize the bond that unites us so that in a spirit of fraternity and solidarity, we can help to alleviate countless situations of poverty and need, make us strong in faith, persevering in service, constant in prayer, Mary, consolation of the afflicted, embrace all your children in distress and pray that God will stretch out his all-powerful hand and free us from this terrible pandemic so that life can serenely resume in normal course. To you who shine on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope, do we entrust ourselves, O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. And we'll pray our uh, prayer to St. Michael the Archangel, and also the Subtum Presidium prayer that Holy Father uh, asked us to pray every single day. He said, pray, please pray these prayers every day uh, to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God, do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. And today, in a special way, as we celebrate the solemnity of his birth, Saint John the Baptist, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Again, my friends, I thank you so much for praying together on this uh, beautiful solemnity, a lovely, beautiful uh, June day, June 24th, 2020. And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned to you, and you may have heard, that, you know, you hear a lot about these surges of uh, cases of coronavirus in states 
like Arizona, Texas, Florida, and all these southern states and southwestern states. And I heard an interesting theory about that. You know, if you recall, back in the, well, first of all, they're doing more testing, number one, but uh, back in the height of the uh, pandemic here in our area, in New Jersey, New York, where the cases were very high, we know a lot of that was due to uh, sadly and unfortunately, uh, nursing home cases. But uh, there were people, who, the CDC was saying how you were more uh, vulnerable to the virus by being kept indoors, right? Remember that? They were saying that um, uh, you were, that, that it, it was people who were indoors uh, who were um, being exposed to it and, and contracting the, the virus. Um. Because if you're out in the open, in the open air, uh, you know, there was less chance of getting it. And again, I'm, not a, I'm just repeating what, what the CDC said and, and what studies have shown. But I did hear an interesting theory, and this made sense to me. And again, it's just, I don't know the, f- the factual or not, but it made sense to me, given what I just shared with you. Because um, in the southern states right now, like Florida, like Texas, like Arizona, where it's very hot, People are spending more time indoors, and I, you know, I've, I've, um, you know, we lived in Arizona for three years, so we experienced Arizona summers. And Arizona is, as an example, in, in the Phoenix area, you know, that part of Arizona, not up necessarily up north by the Grand Canyon or Flagstaff, but in, in, in Phoenix, Tucson, Yuma, all those very southernmost parts of Arizona, uh, it's it's really just the opposite of what we experience here on the East Coast, where People spend more time indoors in the wintertime on the East Coast, right, Northeast. But in Arizona, it's just the opposite. You spend more time inside during the summer months because it's so hot out. So that made a lot of sense to me that uh, uh, the cases of coronavirus are increasing in states like that. Florida, same thing. Texas, same thing. New Mexico, same thing. And those southern states, that made sense to me. Um but they also pointed out in a, in a report I was reading that the hospitalizations uh, are slightly increasing. They're not, uh, um, uh, you know, the way it was here in the East Coast uh, during the height of our of the pandemic. And also, it's more younger people who are getting it, meaning um, you know, young millennials and things. So, anyway, we just got to pray this whole thing away. Just got to pray it away. I like the report out of Italy that I shared with you yesterday out of Milan, where a physician, and this is the second uh, study that was being done, which, uh, indicating that the virus in Italy is being um, is showing less potency, that people are getting it, but they're not getting as sick. And especially older people, this particular doctor said that older people, uh, two months ago, if they got the virus, they're pretty much certain to get into the hospital, those who were, you know, uh, up in age. Now, older people are still getting it, but they're not really being hospitalized because the the virus isn't as potent. So, you know, let's trust in the prayer of the people. Get this thing out of here. Uh, I know when our Holy Father had the Worldwide Holy Hour on March 27th, and then he had the Worldwide Rosary. And I shared with you then the, the uh, when the Holy Father had the Holy Hour, the Worldwide Holy Hour, and, and we can't forget those stark images of Pope Francis in a an empty St. Peter's Square holding up the monstrance of the Blessed Sacrament to the world. Uh, studies show that it was on that day, March 27th, 20, uh, 2020, 
that the cases of coronavirus in Italy began to diminish. That's not coincidental. And, of course, our Holy Father led the world in the rosary a few weeks ago. And so who knows? The potency now is lessening and, and people are getting, although the, if they are getting it, they're not getting as sick. So let's just put it in the hands of God and get this thing out of here. And also pray for peace. My brothers and sisters, oh, my goodness, you know, you see the horrible things that are being done and being said and threatened. I shared with you yesterday that one activist, uh, leftist activist, who was saying he wanted to take down all the statues of white Jesus and his mother and their white friends. Horrible to think that people could consider doing that. Um, just a horrible thing. And we have to pray that away uh, and, and stop fueling the fire. Not that you or I are fueling the fire, but people out there who are just perpetuating this, this whole attitude. And where did it come from all of a sudden? You know, I mean, you think back to uh, the end of last year, January of this year, where things, everything was riding high. There were really, weren't really any major racial, racial tensions or, I, I don't know. It just seemed like the world has just been turned upside down. So let's pray for the, especially to the Prince of Peace, our Lord, to, to, to help. And we need to be the ones to do this. You know, St. Francis would remind us that we are instruments of God's peace. And so we need to be those instruments and just pray, be charitable, and be at peace and trust in the guidance of the Lord. And pray that our leaders are open because we, we hear about so much, even within our government, of corruption, of lack of integrity, of deception, uh, of, of things that you wouldn't, you know, you just wouldn't, wouldn't believe if someone told you a decade or two ago be happening. So we pray. And speaking of prayer, let's go to our Holy Father, uh, Pope Francis, this morning in his um, general audience. So today's Wednesday, of course, and as he does most Wednesdays, the Holy Father gives a general audience. And it used to be that he would give them out in St. Peter's Square and get about fifty to 70,000 people. Well, that's not happening right now, obviously, and unfortunately. Although this, this time of year, too, though, I think he began to have those audiences inside because it does get very hot in Rome starting around this time of, uh, of the summer and throughout the summer, very hot in Rome. So to be standing in St. Peter's Square under a blazing sun can be very, very uncomfortable. We were there. We were there uh, with Cheryl and I and our, our, our kids for our 25th wedding anniversary. We went to, to uh, Rome. And we went to a general audience with Pope Benedict, and it was uh, mid-June. And uh, the audiences begin around 10 o'clock Rome time, a.m. And uh, by the time the Holy Father starts to teach, it's about 11 o'clock, and the sun is pretty hot. I remember that we, we had the umbrella, the umbrellas there with us to keep the sun off our heads. Anyway, so uh, Holy Father's continuing today his uh, general audience teaching on prayer. And he taught today that King David is an example of being consistent in prayer no matter what life throws at you or what good or bad you do. The Holy Father this morning taught that prayer, and these are his words, is able to ensure the relationship with God who is the true companion of man's journey in the midst of many hardships of life, good or bad. But always prayer, Pope Francis said, 
Thank you, Lord. I am afraid, Lord. Help me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Always prayer. And, you know, I thought about that this morning because I came into the, you know, my normal routine. And I, I knew I had to pre-record my program. And I thought, okay, I'll go do my program. I said, no, I have to pray. I didn't do my, 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 uh, my morning prayer yet. And I thought, oh, eh, you know, I'll just do my prayer. But I couldn't. I had to go in and, and spend some time with the Lord. You know, we have this beautiful chapel here with the tabernacle, the, the blessed sacrament reserved in the tabernacle. I could spend time with Jesus. And it's not always easy to pray. You know, it's just sometimes you just think, oh, you know, but, you know, you, 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 whether good times or bad, no matter what life is throwing at us, Holy Father reminds us that we need to pray because this will, ins- this is, will ensure our relationship with God, who, as Holy Father said this morning, is the true companion on our journey here on earth. And, you know, as we go through these times and we talk about it, we start our time here every day in prayer, don't we? And I I do hope that, and I never know how many people are listening or watching when we're live. I I, I don't, those numbers I don't have. And I don't, you know, I I always give that to Jesus and say, you know, I'll do what, what you ask me to do here. We can, we have all the equipment and I can get behind the mic and I can share the Holy Father's words and but as far as who and how many are listening, we let as many people know we're here, but then it's up to the individual soul to turn on the radio or turn on the, the streaming audio or to you know download our mobile app or just go to Amazon Alexa or Google Home and, and listen that way. Um, but you don't know, you know, we don't know. But we are, in our prayer, always coming together in that way to share together in our communication, in our relationship with God. Um, Pope Francis uh, was reflecting on the life of King David today. And he said David was a saint, as we know, and a sinner. David was persecuted and was a persecutor. David was a victim and he was an executioner, Pope Francis said, which is a contradiction David was all this together, and we, too, have often opposite traits in our lives. In the plot of living, all men sin inconsistently. And, you know, the devil would love us to believe that when we do fall, and we will, and we do, and sometimes we fall hard, the devil will uh, try to convince us that then, especially then, in those times when we have fallen, that our prayer is useless. Don't even bother, he'll tell us. Don't even try. God's not listening. You're such a sinner, he wants nothing to do with you. So forget about your prayer. He doesn't care, and he won't listen to you. The devil is always trying to incite us to walk away from God. And it's those times, especially, my brothers and sisters, in our sinfulness, in our contrition, that we go to God in prayer and pour out our heart to him, pour out our pleas for mercy and forgiveness Share with him our sorrow for having offended him and our giving in to 
our human weaknesses, whatever they may be, that cause those sins. And Holy Father, in reflecting on King David, both a saint and a sinner, said that he's, he, was, he, he, he was all of this, all these opposite traits that we all have. We can be very good, <laughs> and sadly sometimes we fall and we can be very bad. We can be like David, a victim, or we can be an executioner in a sense through our gossip and our detraction. We can be persecuted or we can be the persecutor. But Holy Father reminded us that in the plot of living, you know, this life that we go through and we don't know how long, how many days we have, how long we'll be here, when the tap on the shoulder will come, you know, to take us home, that we're going to have those days and those, those times of ups and downs, of sin and, and, and those times of, of great joy and, and grace and mercy. The Holy Father emphasized the consistent thread in David's life, though, in, uh, through all of this. The consistent thread, he said, was prayer. Pope Francis said, David the, David the Holy prays. David the sinner prays. David the persecuted prays. David the persecutor prays. David the victim prays. Even David the executioner prays. And think about that, you know, in our own life. As I said, we, you know, we, we strive every day to be good. We're striving for that personal sanctification, that personal holiness. But in the journey, because of our fallen nature, because of our concupiscence, because of our tendency to sin, we fall. But even then, we should pray. And taking the example of David, as Holy Father said, David the holy man prays, but David the sinner also prays. David the persecutor prays. David the, pre the precursor uh, persecutor prays. David the victim prays. Even David the executioner prays. And Holy Father said in the Psalms, David teaches us to bring everything into dialogue with God. Joy as guilt, love as suffering, friendship as much as an illness, Everything can become a word addressed to the you, with a capital Y, who always listens to us. And Pope Francis explained that through, uh, though David knew solitude and loneliness in his life, through the power of prayer, he was never alone. And that's a great lesson to always remember. Because we will find ourselves experiencing loneliness. You know, these days especially of, of uh, sheltering in place and the lockdown, and as I said yesterday, you know, with, when we wear these masks, people can't even see a smile. <laughs> we need that. We need to see people smile at us. We need to smile at others. You never know. Somebody may need that smile. With a mask over our face, you can't see it, unfortunately. And people are lonely. Oh, I got to tell you, I've shared with you, and, and those of you who are uh, blessed to be grandparents, you know, if you haven't seen, we haven't seen our grandchildren uh, since uh, 
early March. We we do FaceTime with them on the com, you know the computers and things, and we get vi- great videos and pictures. And but there's nothing like just holding those little people <laughs> that have changed your life, you know. And we miss that. Cheryl and I have been getting along, <laughs> as I'm sure most married couples, you know, you're you're sheltering in place, and you're all of a sudden you're spending a lot more time together. Although I must say. My job here at the radio station at the Apostle and Cheryl's job up at the church as an organist and, and a musician up there and, and a director of liturgy, we're we, you know we still have our we're still going to our places of work, so we, we're not just all we're not in the house at the same time for hours on end. But uh, but you know that people are lonely. There are people who don't get out, who don't have visitors. I, I say, so. But with prayer, you're never alone. You're never alone. Um, the Holy Father said, David's confidence is so great that when he was persecuted and he had to flee, he did not let anyone defend him. David thought, if my God humiliates me like this, he knows because the nobility of prayer leaves us in the hands of God. Those hands, wounds of love, the only safe hands we have. In all things, my friends, you know, we, we, we should do that. Just give it, as we say, give it to God. And, and Holy Father looked at the two characteristics of David's life and vocation, that he was a shepherd and that he was a poet. Pope Francis said, David is a sensitive person who loves music and singing, and the harp will always accompany him, sometimes to raise a hymn of joy to God, other times to express a lament or to confess his sin. His gaze catches beyond, uh, behind the unraveling of things, a greater mystery, Pope Francis said, saying that prayer arises from there, from the belief that life is not something that slides into us, but an amazing mystery which evokes in us poetry, music, gratitude, praise, or even lamentation and supplication. And the Holy Father explained that though David did not often live up to his task as a good shepherd, and king, in the context of salvation history, David is the prophecy of another king, of whom he is only an announcement and prefiguration. Beloved by God, Pope Francis said, since he was a boy, he is chosen for a unique mission which will play a central role in the history of the people of God and of our faith. You know, when I was listening to a, a comment, I'm going to break, and I'm kind of going over my time here, but listening to a commentary today about all these statues that are being torn down, and pulled down. And the point being made, look, these were just men and women. If I don't know if any women's statues would be known, but these are just men and who had great virtue, but they're all fallen. They made mistakes. But how they lived their life through their virtue made a big positive impact. Other aspects or parts of their lives weren't so good, perhaps. We focus on what change, positive change they made to the world through their virtue. And here, too, Holy Father's talking about King David, that he, he, he didn't always live up to uh, his vocation as a good shepherd or a good king. But since he was a boy, he was chosen by God for a unique mission that played a central role in the history of the people of God and even in our own faith. 
So even in our failures, my brothers and sisters, even in those uh, times in our lives when we fall, through prayer, we stay in constant contact with God who understands our failures, who understands our fallen nature, who never stops loving us, who walks with us through the good times and the bad times. And even in those bad times when we pray, he will lift our hearts and our minds closer to him. So let's take a break. I'll come back, and then I'm going to share with you some of a beautiful homily by St. Pope John Paul II. On this day, uh, back in 2001, on the feast, uh, the solemnity of the birth of John the Baptist, uh, Holy Father John Paul II's teaching in just a moment. Don't go away. More to come on Come to Me. did not come out of the Gospels. It was the Gospels that came out of the Church. The Church preceded the New Testament, not the New Testament, the Church. Men did not believe in the resurrection because the Gospel said there was a resurrection. The Gospel writers wrote down the story of the crucifixion, for example, and the resurrection because they believed it. Now in like manner. The church did not come to believe in the virgin birth because the Gospels tell us there is a virgin birth. It was because the living word of God in his mystical body, the church already believed it, and they set it down in the Gospels. Listen to Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen every Sunday morning at 7.30, right here where you are family, Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Hello, brothers and sisters. This is Sister Ann Shields speaking to you from Food for the Journey, a program that is heard on Domestic Church Radio Monday through Friday at 6.30 a.m. I want to encourage you to listen to that program, not because I'm doing it, but because I speak of the scripture readings for the day, and the Word of God is what gives us life. Brothers and sisters, today we need life. What have you done for your marriage today? I gave my wife a hug this morning. I told her I love her. Instead of sitting on the couch, I helped clean up. I cooked my husband's uh, favorite breakfast. I sent my husband a love email. What have I done for my marriage today? It's a good question. I gave her a call and say, thinking of her and the kids. I uh, did her hair this morning. I think it looks pretty good. <laughs> We're going to the museums as a family. What have I done for my marriage today? I made my wife coffee and breakfast this morning. It's gonna be her birthday next week, so I've been spending time today making arrangements to make that extra special. Oh, we're spending the day together? I bought her an orchid. <laughs> Hassan was able to let me sleep in by taking him care of him in the morning. I read the newspaper to my wife and it cracked her up. She's, but she's still laughing. <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today? Small changes can make a world of difference. Get started at foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church. Do you want to end abortion? Halt the attack on traditional marriage and ensure religious freedom for ourselves and for our grandchildren? To do this, we must convert the culture. 
St. Paul Street Evangelization is a grassroots initiative that recognizes this need and takes it to the streets. If you're interested in peacefully sharing the gospel in your area, visit streetevangelization.com to learn more. We want to invite you to pray the rosary with us. The rosary is many things, but perhaps the best way to think about the rosary is to think about it as a spiritual place, as an invisible chapel that you can enter into even in a busy time of life. Pray the Holy Rosary with Father Benedict Groeschel, mornings at 9.30, right here on Domestic Church Radio. Hi, I'm Mike Walsh, co-host of Talking Catholic. Every week our show will bring you in-depth interviews with the hard-working people doing the Lord's work in parishes, schools, and ministries. Our increasingly secularized world often makes it easy to forget that we are surrounded by wonderful workers in the vineyard. On Talking Catholic, we will bring you their perspectives on how we can better serve God and our neighbors. Tune in to Talking Catholic on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Mondays at 4 p.m. Hi, I'm Cheryl. I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel... Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope on these domestic church media stations. Welcome back, my friends, on this beautiful, beautiful day, a gorgeous day outside, solemnity of the birth of John the Baptist, June 24th, 2020. And uh, in just a moment, we're going to go to a lovely homily that was given by St. Pope John Paul II on this day in 2001. He was on a a papal visit uh, to the Ukraine, and he uh, celebrated Holy Mass, and I'll share with you some of his homily, just a little, little bit of it there. Um, before we do that, though, just kind of give you an update on our transmitter. Ooh. <laughs> you know, uh, I guess it was, was it, it was June 3rd, so three weeks ago already, we had that horrible Dureco, Dureco storm come through. Remember that, that day? We were, I remember I was here with my sister uh, who comes and volunteers every now and then to help us out with some clerical work and things. And it got so dark, and it was pouring and wind and rain so hard and thunder and lightning. Uh, we went into the chapel just to be with Jesus. So, <laughs> um, but sadly and unfortunately, during that storm, our transmitter at 12.60 a.m., our flagship station here in New Jersey, um, was damaged, severely damaged by that storm. Our engineer did try to do a few things to fix what was uh, damaged, but it was irreparable. Uh, And unfortunately, because the transmitter is over 30 years old, 
there is no way to get parts. So the thing is just kind of right now, as I've shared, we're kind of flying, like we're just imagine we're flying on one engine where we should have four. <laughs> so anyway, we have to get a new transmitter. If this, this thing's going to go, and if it goes, then there's no transmission. That's what a transmitter does, and that means no broadcast on 1260. Well, we can't let that happen. So I've been sharing that with you, and I've been going to the Lord and just asking because it's it's not a an inexpensive proposition. It's a probably the greatest expense that we would have if any you know as these things happen. Uh, a new transmitter here, an AM transmitter for our 1260 signal, it would cost at least thirty eight thousand dollars. So many of you, in, in your goodness, your kindness, your generosity, have uh, donated toward that to help chip away, but we have a long way to go. We do need at least 38000 to get that thing. So I've been praying. I'm praying for the miracle. I'm praying that some family, some couple, some good, generous soul out there who has the capacity to do that, to make a major legacy lifetime gift. And it is a lifetime gift. I'll tell you why, because uh, this transmitter, a new transmitter would last, you know, over 30 years which is going to be longer than I'm going to be here, I'm sure. Uh, and it would, for the, all that time, 24-7, be bringing the gospel and the light of Jesus Christ out to potentially millions of souls. Think about what your gift would do. Give on and on and on. So anyway, I'm just casting the net. I'm throwing the net into the deep. Duke in Altum, praying that we can raise this money quickly so we can get a new transmitter here. 38000 is what we need. We have had a few people who have donated toward that. I appreciate that. I appreciate your extreme generosity. But we have a long way to go, probably to the tune of $36,000. So, but, you know, with hidden costs and it's, it's so we're just praying. So I'm throwing it out there. Please make that part of your prayer. I know times are tough. Uh, money is tight. Um, we know that a lot of our, so many of our parishes are hurting because people have not been going, obviously going to mass and not contributing and supporting the parishes. We can't let this, these things happen to our faith, and we know we have to be generous, and God will never be outdone in generosity. And God loves a generous giver. So please pray about that. If you can help me, help us to do this, uh, we need this transmitter for 1260. We can't let 1260 go dark. So we have to keep it shining and, and the power of, of 6,000 watts of gospel truth being broadcast. We need that transmitter. You can go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. Make an online donation using your debit or credit card. You can write a check, which is tax deductible. All your gifts are tax deductible, whether it be online giving or check or however you do it. Uh, but you can write to us here at domesticchurchmedia.org. That's domesticchurchmedia.org. And click on the Donate Now button uh, there, or you can write to us, Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. That's Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box seven. Five zero nine, Trenton, zero eight six two eight, or 
if you're having it placed on your heart, that you can make that major gift, legacy gift, a lifetime gift uh, to help uh, cover all or a major part of that cost of 38000 give me a call, 609-882-9357. That's 609-882-9357. Or email me, jim at domesticchurchmedia.org. That's jim at domesticchurchmedia.org. So I thank you, my friends, for your consideration, your prayers, and your generosity. Let's go. John Paul II, back on this day in 2001, so 19 years ago. He was in uh, Ukraine, and it was on this day, and he was celebrating Holy Mass. And today, he said, today we celebrate the birth of St. John the Baptist. The words of the prophet Isaiah are well-suited to describe this great biblical figure who stands between the Old and New Testament In the long line of Israel's prophets and just men and women, John the Baptist was placed by God's providence immediately before the Messiah in order to prepare the way before him by his preaching and by his witness of life. John Paul said, Of all the saints, John is the only one whose birth is celebrated by the liturgy. And then he said, we heard in the first reading today that the Lord called his servant from his mother's womb. This statement refers in its fullest sense to Christ, but in a derivative way, it can also be applied to the precursor. Both are born as the result of a special intervention of God, by God. The first is born of the virgin, the second of an elderly and barren woman. Even from his mother's womb, John indicates the one who will reveal to the world the living plan of God. Each one has a divine name, the name by which God the Father knows and loves him from eternity and for eternity. And every time I think of John the Baptist, and and as Holy Father St. Pope John Paul uh, II said, that we all now have this opportunity in our way as we live our faith to prepare the world for Christ's coming. Isn't that what we're doing when we, when we give witness, when we evangelize, when we share the faith, when we live the faith? You know, I think of what we do here, and I am so humbled by these opportunities every day that I've had for so many years now, 25 years I've been doing this uh, behind a microphone, but even beyond what I do, all of what the apostolate is tasked with to keep the teaching of Jesus Christ, the Word of God, being proclaimed to potentially millions and millions of souls every day, not just here anymore in our local listening areas, but around the world. And we're really doing what Christ commissioned us to do before he ascended into heaven when he said, go out into the whole world and proclaim the good news. But we're also doing what John the Baptist did in preparing the world for the coming of the Messiah. John the Baptist, for his first coming, and we, the disciples of Jesus now for 2,000 years, preparing the world for his second coming. 
That's what we're doing when we evangelize, when we share the truth, when we share the gospel. We have an opportunity every single day uh, through conversation, through, uh, you know, um, contact, phone calls, whoever we're talking with, how we live our life, how we, you know, and, 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 and of course, we're very blessed here, but this is our vocation. This is what we are called to do each and every day, 24-7. Well, John Paul in the homily said today, again, speaking on this day uh, 19 years ago, today we can make our own these words from the psalmist. From my mother's womb, you called me. John Paul said, God knew and loved us even before our eyes could contemplate the marvels of creation. At birth, all men and women receive a human name. But even before that, each one of us has a divine name, the name by which God the Father knows and loves them from eternity and for eternity. This is true for everyone, St. John Paul said with the exception of none. No one is nameless in God's sight. All have equal value in his eyes. All are different, yet all are equal. And all are called to be sons and daughters in the Son, S-O-N. Well, let's just stop and think about that, because... (laughs) Sometimes we can feel that we're just this nameless soul among billions of others in a crowd, a faceless and nameless crowd, that we can't get close to God. Again, another great deception of the devil. But today's responsorial psalm that the Holy Father, again, this is 19 years ago, St. Pope John Paul II, reflected on, from my mother's womb you called me. And St. Pope John Paul II said, we can make our own these words. From my mother's womb you called me. And I love this reflection by John Paul. God knew and loved us even before our eyes could contemplate the marvels of creation. God loved and knew us even before our eyes could contemplate the marvels of creation. And he said, at birth, all men and women receive a human name. You know, we're given those, our baptized name, and that we're, we use all of our life here on earth. I read one time there was a study done, and I remember when I was in my previous life as a uh, customer service manager and, and uh, trainer for FedEx, that's what I did for 15 years. I was in the customer service department, and I, was, I started out as a customer service representative, and I was a customer service manager, then I was elevated to customer service trainer and and developer and developing programs to teach frontline employees how to deal with customers. When I worked there, uh, FedEx had, and I I probably still do, do, but in in that field in business back in the mid-80s to mid-90s, 
Uh, FedEx had a wonderful reputation of, of um, outstanding customer service because we would train the employees to treat each customer as if they were the only customer that they had. And I remember reading a study uh, when I was developing a particular program, a module, there, a teaching module there, that, that when people hear their name spoken, that there's some type of endorphin released by their brain because it makes them feel good when people are addressed by their name, by their, their the name that they, they've been given, as Holy Father reminded us at birth. But Holy Father reminded us, John Paul, again, this is 2001, that we have this human name that we use all of our life. But even before we were given that name, even before we were given our human name, John Paul said, each one of us has a divine name, the name by which God the Father knows and loves us from all eternity and for eternity. We'll get to know that name. We'll get to hear that name. You know, you think about this, and, and I was kind of contemplating this yesterday. I was sitting out on my front porch in my little rocker. Cheryl and I got a couple of rockers for our front porch now that <laughs> Now that we're reaching our senior years, it's funny. We sit on the porch in the evening, you know, I'll bring out a glass of water or whatever. We have a beverage or something. We're sitting there on our rockers on the front porch. And you know, there's a lot more people now are walking and riding their bikes. And there's a lot more activity in the neighborhood now, it seems, than there had been before the pandemic. So I guess that's a good thing. But all the young people, especially, well, there are older people, people our age, but mostly younger people, young families with children in them. They have their kids in the wagons or they're just taking walks or walking their dogs. And we're sitting there and people walk by and just kind of, they wave. Hi, how are you? We don't know who they are, but we kind of wave and say hello to everybody. We're like the old people in the neighborhood now greeting people on our porch. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. Why, why do I start telling that story? <laughs> See, I am a senior. One of those senior moments. Ah, yeah, we sit on our porch in our rockers. I was, I was contemplating this last night about, you know, here we are, we're, we're going to be, we're, we're, you know, what will, and I was just, I was meditating, and I don't know why, I just began to meditate on St. Paul, you know, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it even entered our mind. I guess I was looking at the, the beautiful sky last night, a beautiful, there were a lot of puffy clouds, and the sun was setting, there were a lot of uh, just beautiful colors and things, and I was just contemplating on what, just the reality of heaven, you know. And trying to imagine, you know, what that we don't even know what that's going to be like. But we know we're going to have a we'll have a name, a divine name that God has known us by, uh, even before we we were born, even before we were given our human name. And John Paul said, "No one is nameless in God's sight." I love that. No one is nameless in God's sight. All have equal value. Remember, this is nineteen years ago certainly applies today, remembering that everybody has equal value. Even though we're all different, and we are, John Paul reminded us we are all equal. And no one is nameless. I remember one time uh, Pope Francis taught that um, 
God knows us by our names, not by our sins. The devil would love us to believe that God knows us only by our sins. But uh, um, Pope Francis reminded us a, a year or so ago that God knows us by our names, not by our sins. And here John Paul reminded us almost 20 years ago that we have that divine name that we were given, that God has known us by even before we had our baptismal name. The name that God has known us by for, from eternity and for eternity. And when we see him face to face, we shall know that name. No one is nameless in God's sight. God loves every one of his children equally and without exception. And again, there's so much more to this homily I'm not going to even get to because we have only a few seconds left here. But in what John Paul said, from my mother's womb, you called me. We look today, as we remember the birth of John the Baptist, that each one of us is called. You know, it's a great gift that we have, the gift of our faith, that we were baptized into Christ, into the church, and that all of our life then, from that moment on in this world, we are called by God from the womb to give great witness to our faith and to our Lord. Okay, my time is up already. Uh, my brothers and sisters, I thank you for being here today. Uh, St. John the Baptist, pray for us, and I pray that you will come back tomorrow. It's Catechism Day. Uh, I'll be here, God willing, and uh, have a great rest of your day. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you. <laughs>